Playing by the uncertainties of our modern world, life can seem awfully bleak at times. In our search for purpose, meaning, and certainty, most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead, to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today. In our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today, we share from the Bible a wonderful blueprint of hope, which reveals that God wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us. All right. Welcome to our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Merrick Brown. Thank you always for joining me on this journey of hope. I always want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and to share these messages of hope wherever you listen, with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, and just all who you meet. So in our last episode, we began to look uh, generally at the, the, the topic of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And, and this Bible teaching is found in Revelation chapter 6. And basically, we said that the four horsemen of the apocalypse or the four horsemen of Revelation uh, illustrate the consequences of what happens when people reject Jesus and when they reject his gospel. And what are those consequences? Basically, uh, the consequences of rejecting the gospel is division, strife you know just people are in want uh and and ultimately death and so it's true what the apostle paul writes there in romans chapter 6 verse 23 when he says that the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord and so ultimately the ultimate blessing of receiving of accepting the gospel wholeheartedly is is eternal life right however we need to keep in mind though that the, the book of revelation is not i say again it's not addressed in world history or secular history in particular but rather the history and the experiences of god's people right or the history of the christian church and and this this history starts in the first century uh, when the apostles were alive and it ends with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so many Bible students agree that the, the primary application of the four horsemen of the apocalypse or the four horsemen of Revelation is describing the history of the Christian church, starting with the beginning of the proclamation of the gospel in the first century and ending with the activities of the Christian church in the Middle Ages or, or in what we sometimes call the Dark Ages. In other words, the activities of the four horsemen of Revelation illustrate how as Christians, uh, Christians have sought to, to carry forth the mission of the church and, and what happens uh, when Satan has tried to hijack the activities of the church throughout the centuries. And we, I'm just going to delve more into that in, in future episodes. However, this week, I just want us to unpack uh, exactly what is uh, the message being brought by the, the first horseman um, of the apocalypse of revelation right and so for that we need to go to revelation uh the revelation chapter six and i'm just going to read here from uh verses one and two in revelation chapter six verse one and two and it says there and john writes he says now i saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and i heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud uh, thunder come and see and i looked and behold a white horse he says, and he that sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering to conquer. You find that in Revelation chapter 6 verse 1 to 2. And so when Jesus opens the first seal, John sees a rider on a white horse with a bow in his hand going forth to conquer. And so who are, what does this first horseman who rides a white horse represent 
there in Revelation chapter 6. So let's keep in mind here, unless the text indicates otherwise, the chapters and passages in the book of Revelation are written in symbolic language. That's not me saying that, right? In fact, in the very first chapter, uh, the very first verse of the book of Revelation, John writes that the book of Revelation has been signified, right? Meaning that the book of Revelation is uh, written using symbolic language and just never want us to forget that, right? In fact, the Greek word used there for signify is uh, semanio, which means to show by signs and symbols. So, what we read there in Revelation chapter 6 about the, 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 the four horsemen uh, is symbolic, right? And so Jesus is trying to use these symbols to communicate something to us about his church and, and the work of the gospel. So who might the rider of the white horse represent? Does he represent a false Christ or antichrist as some people believe and teach? I just want to say here that the rider of, of the white horse cannot be the antichrist, right? Because the color of his horse, which is white, reflects the purity of his of his aims. In fact, just, just throughout the Bible, the color white is often associated with purity, truth, righteousness, and holiness. All right. Uh, if if we go to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter one verse eighteen, uh, this is what God says to His people in Isaiah chapter one verse eighteen. He says, "Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are as." They are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And so it is the blood of Jesus which cleanses us from our sins and, and make us white as snow. And also, you know, in terms of uh, angels are often described in the Bible as appearing in white, clo white clothing, right? Uh, symbolizing their purity and, and, and just their heavenly nature. For instance, the angel at the tomb of Jesus is described as wearing white clothes, right? In, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 3, we read, it says his face, talking about the angel who was by the tomb, shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. Again, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 2. I don't know if you guys remember that time when Jesus went up on the mountain with, I think it was Peter, James, and John, and he was transfigured before them, right? And so when Matthew chapter 17, verse 2 describes this transfiguration of Jesus, we are told that Jesus' clothes became dazzling white symbolizing his divine glory and the presence of God. In fact, later on in the very book of Revelation, we see Jesus figuratively riding a white horse when he returns in triumph to, to destroy his enemies and to deliver his people. Again, you find that in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 to 16. And so the, the mission of Jesus and the mission of the white horse um are similar, right? In fact, it's it's the same mission, right? And so John observes that the rider of the white horse, um, he also observes that the rider of the white horse wears a, a Stephanos, and that is a, a Greek word for the word crown. And, and I don't want you to miss this, right? So a, a Stephanos was a crown of victory, right? It was a crown of victory, similar to the garlands given out to participants at the ancient Olympic Games in ancient Greece, 
right? And so this would have been, you know, given out to them rather than, rather than the, uh, the a royal crown, which is what Jesus actually wears there. Uh, we look, look at uh, Revelation chapter 19, verse 12. And so get this, when Paul talks about the, the crown of righteousness, right? You know, he talks about this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Uh, you know, he was telling, um, you know, Timothy, listen, I'm going to leave, you know, but for those who remain faithful, they will receive a crown of righteousness at the coming of Jesus, right? When he talks about that crown of righteousness, uh, he's talking about the Stephanus or the crown of victory that believers will receive. Also, uh, in Revelation chapter 12, we're going to study this later on in a future podcast um you know episode uh it, it talks about this woman in Revelation chapter 12 and she's wearing uh, a crown right uh, and she's representative of, of god's people right and again the word stephanos is used uh which is uh representative of it's it's a crown of victory that she has right uh you find that in Revelation chapter 12 we're going to get to that later on right and so we begin to see that the rider of the white horse represents god's people who in holiness and righteousness advance the cause of Christ in the world. Are you beginning to see that? But listen, there is more. There is more, right? Some scholars actually believe, right? And, and there's biblical evidence for this. They believe that the, the rider of the white horse is also a striking illusion. It bears a striking illusion to another rider found elsewhere in the Bible, which is, this is Psalm 45, verse 3 to 7. And I'm just going to read it here in Psalm 45, verse 3 to 7. And it, and it says here, um, gird your sword on your side right you mighty one clothe yourself with splendor and majesty in your majesty ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth humility and justice let your right hand achieve awesome deeds let your sharp hours pierce the hearts of the king's enemies let the nations fall beneath your feet your throne O god will last forever and ever a scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom your righteousness and and uh, it says actually you love righteousness and hate wickedness therefore god your god has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of gladness and you can read read all that there in psalm 45 verse 3 to 7 he actually goes further than that, that too but i'll actually stop at verse 7 right and so the book of psalms contains many messianic prophecies in the old testament i mean of course messianic prophecies are just just mean that these are prophecies which spoke about the life and work of Jesus, I mean, hundreds of years before he was born, right? The verses of this messianic prophecy are instructive, right? Because they portray the Messiah or, or Jesus as a militant leader who rides forth to conquer in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. In other words, Jesus is, is, is hoping, is desiring, is intending to conquer the world with his gospel of love. Now, that's powerful. I love that, right? So, what does Psalm 45 have to do with the rider of the white horse there in Revelation chapter 19? Well, plenty, a lot, in fact. Well, first, the rider in, in Psalm 45 goes forth uh, victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Again, these are principles of the gospel 
of Jesus. Uh, in the first seal with the, the rider of the white horse, he's going forward to, oh, to, to um, conquering to conquering. He's doing the very same thing there as the rider in Psalm 45. He's going out conquering to conquer with the gospel of righteousness, right? Uh, and so in biblical Im imagery, the, the, the symbol of a horse conveys, uh, it conveys strength and and power in battle and you could just read job chapter 39 verse 19 or proverbs 21 verse 31 it gives you more insight on that and also a white horse as we mentioned before um white conveys uh purity truth righteousness and so the, the rider of the white the white horse uh is 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 basically proclaiming uh, the gospel of truth and righteousness as he goes forward. All right. And so as the rider of the, the white horse goes out victoriously, he the only weapon that he's, he's carrying is a bow. And of course, uh, a bow is useless without arrows. Right. But check this out there in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 2. Listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 2. Uh, he made my mouth like a sharpened sword. Isaiah is talking about what God has done for him as a prophet, right? As one who proclaims good news. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. So even as the rider of the white horse has a bow in his hand, what, I mean, what arrows are, are you going to, is he going to be using here, right? Uh, so we can infer from Isaiah chapter 49, verse 2, that the rider of the white horse goes out conquering to conquer with arrows or the, the powerful words of truth and righteousness which constitute the good news of Jesus which he proclaims to all, right? So we, we, we have said all of this, right? So we have said all this. Uh, who does the the, 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 the the rider of the white horse represent, right? And so I, I like what the, the Bible scholar here, and he's an expert on Revelation, John Paulian writes here. He says, it seems best to understand that the white horse symbolizes Christ's kingdom and its general conquest of the world through the preaching of the gospel by his church. He says, what was ratified in heaven at the enthronement of the Lamb is now actuated in the experience of his people in the course of human history. All right. And so what does the rider of the white horse represent? It represents the people of God in all of history who faithfully proclaim the biblical gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what it best represents right so here's the deal immediately after his inauguration talking about jesus jesus's inauguration in heaven jesus pours out the holy spirit on his disciples and they are now empowered to take the gospel to the world right in fact uh from from jerusalem the gospel spreads to the jewish diaspora but ultimately find its greatest conquest among the god-fearing gentiles of the roman world uh through the missionary expo exploits of paul and and the other disciples the church is its established in cities like Antioch of Syria, Ephesus, and of course Rome. By the end of the first century, the church has made significant inroads in just about every major center of the Roman Empire, even encroaching on areas such as North Africa 
and Egypt, right? So the ride of the white horse therefore represents the powerful and rapid expansion of the early Christian church throughout the known world, starting in the apostolic age in the first century, right? And 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 of course, John Pauli and this our expert here on Revelation, he adds that the the, the phrase you know in it talks about uh, the white the red of the white horse. He's conquering to conquering, and he says this expresses a a progressive increase of the victory. Talking about the gospel, right? The white horse does not end in the first century, right? His ride does not end in the first century. And that's important to keep in mind. Rather, the symbol portrays in a general way the progress of the gospel during the entire Christian era, right up until Jesus comes the second time, right? Indeed, the conquest of the rider of the white horse eventually culminates with the second coming of Jesus as King of kings and of Lord of lords, who himself in the book of Revelation, he figuratively, right? Meaning that it's just a symbol when we see him riding forth. Uh, he figuratively rides forth on a, on a white horse as a great conqueror in order to subdue his enemies and to establish his eternal kingdom, right? And you find that where, where Jesus rides um, on a white horse in the book of Revelation, in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 to 21. I, I mean, of course, you can read that entire chapter of Revelation chapter 19. It's very fascinating stuff, right? Um, and so I like what Jesus says there in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And, and, and friends, I just want you to pay attention to this. He says, uh, and this he, he, and he was speaking to not just his disciples in the first century, but he was also talking to us who are now living in the 21st century. He says, the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the entire world so that all nations will hear it. And he says, and then the end will come, right? And so the proclamation of the good news about Jesus' sacrifice and, and, and of his love is it's the most important work that we can do as believers in our lifetimes, friends. I know, you know, many of us, we have our professions, we have our jobs, right? But it is the most important work that we can ever do, right? And Jesus, get this, Jesus is inviting all believers to join him in this work, right? And so this work is not only assigned to preachers, right? It's not only assigned to pastors, it's not only assigned to elders, it's not only assigned to priests, but indeed Jesus is calling all believers to have a part in this great work of proclaiming the good news of the gospel to all the world. And so my, my thing to us is, my friends, my question to us today is, will you commit yourself to join Jesus and the church in, 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 in proclaiming the good news of the gospel? Um, it is the greatest work that you and I will ever do. Listen, this same Jesus, the one who is depicted in the book of Revelation as figuratively riding a white horse when he comes to deliver his people, this same Jesus, he loves us. Oh, yes, he loves us, right? And he has great plans for us. In fact, he tells us there in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, that he has plans for us. He says to us, I know what I've planned for you, 
I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. He says, when you call out to me and come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayers. If you seek me with all of your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you. My friends, the Lord Jesus has planned an amazing future for us. My hope is that you will come to trust him more and more and that you will choose to live by his way, his word, and not by your own way. I promise you, if you do this, if you consistently do this, if you surrender all to Jesus, right, your life will never be the same. Listen, as we part, I always want to encourage you to, to like, to subscribe, and to share this podcast um, from wherever you listen. To share with your friends, your family, to share. I mean, right now we're proclaiming the gospel, right? We're, when you do that, you are helping to share and you're helping to proclaim the gospel into all the world. Also, I want to remind you that I have a, a, an email address. My email address is knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. It's knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. I mean, if you have questions, if you have prayer requests, uh, listen, I have a book that actually inspired this podcast. It's called Knowing Tomorrow Today glimpses of the future that will change your life and if you email me i'll send you a free electronic copy of that book all right and so may god continue to bless you and and and, and take care of you and your family i'm eric brown until next time stay blessed and stay well Yeah, <laughs>